Yo, what's going on, everybody? It's another episode of Off The Line Fantasy Football Podcast, episode 52. We are week 13. We are almost at the playoffs, man. Last two weeks of the regular season before we hit these playoffs. Again, my name is Eugene. You can follow me on Twitter at FantasyGenes, that's G-E-N-E-S. Also follow our official Twitter handle, Off The Line FF. And of course, my, my fellow Cowboys fan and other hosts of the show, Ike. You can follow him at just underscore Ike09 on Twitter. How you feeling today, man? How you doing? Good, man. Good. Ready to ready to get rocking and rolling with with uh, week thirteen talk. Week thirteen, man. It's already the end of November. Tomorrow is December first, bro. December it's going quick. December month number twelve. Yeah, what, man. What's going on here? Quick. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is happening right now, man? But sheesh. But yeah, we got a lot of football to get to, man. Um, we had a we had a pretty. Pretty full slate this past week, man. Pretty full slate. I'm glad there was no bye week. So, you know, there was a lot of uh now there's a there was a lot of DFS DFS action, a lot of props. Um, I didn't hit anything, unfortunately. It was a pretty <laughs> pretty brutal, pretty brutal week for me, uh, props wise and in fantasy wise. I don't think I got that many wins out of like all of my I think fifteen leagues. I think I won like just a handful. So um it was it was it was a brutal week fantasy and and, and, and betting wise what about you though <laughs> uh i mean sure let's just get right into it and recap these prize pick plays uh this sums up my week also i i split you know i had i had Lockett 63 and a half for my first prize pick play and he was sitting on needing one yard for for almost two full quarters if you add overtime that he just needed one yard and he couldn't get it so you know, I was kind of pretty, pretty heartbroken about that. Um, and then, you know, I had everybody's favorite pick, Jeff Wilson from Dolphins. Everybody assumed that he was just going to super smash the slate because of their matchup. But I picked him to score a touchdown. He did that. So at least that saved my day. I didn't, I didn't have to sweat that one out. That was done by the second quarter. You know, I have some good news for you. Okay. You said 63 and a half was the number for Tyler Lockett. Correct. He had 68. Really? You had three for 68. Really? Yeah. So you went 2-0. I, 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 I must have missed that one. I, yeah, I guess so. Because I know yeah. I, was, I was sick for a long time sitting there waiting on that one yard. I guess. No, for, but for real, though, like I was watching that game, too. And he, he was stuck at 63 for, the, for an eternity. Yeah. For an eternity. Yeah. But no, he, he got another catch, 68 yards. Oh, shit, I missed three, that one. So, yes, yeah, salute to myself. So I, got, I, I went two for two. <laughs> two, two and, yeah, two and zero. Oh. Um, but I, you know, I, I actually, I actually split this week. Uh, Mike Evans, he got nine targets, two, but only caught two of those for thirty-one yards. Uh, and was going against uh, Emerson from, from the Browns. Um, he had a pretty good matchup, but shouldn't take advantage. Brady, him yep. and Brady just weren't connecting. Um, you know, on the on a, he had, a, I think he had a lot of air yards, a lot of deep ball attempts, but they were just falling. Lit, they were just kind of out, outstretched, outstretched. Um, but that's, you know, that's, that's, un- that's unfortunate, but, you know, I had T Higgins on the other end, you know, obvious that's, that's an obvious smash almost every week that Jamar Chase is out. I think they set his yards at 70 and a half, which was absurd. I think, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get that. Like that, that made no sense to me. Um, uh, but Hey, T Higgins smashed. That was good. Mike Evans did not. So, you know, like I say, every week we watch the film, get better. Yeah. And that's what we're going to do. 
And just to put your, you know, your your heart at ease a little bit, Mike Evans did lead the the weekend in air yards. Of course, 187. Of course, <laughs> yeah. So the process was right. The process yeah. was down pat. But you know, if they connected on one other one of those other deep balls, probably would have gotten would have cleared 60 and a half easily. But hey, yeah. coulda, shoulda, woulda. Yeah. <laughs> if, if ifs and buts were candy and nuts. And wh- whatever that philosopher said. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, bold predictions. Last week, I said D-Hop was going to be wide receiver one. And Hollywood Brown comes back his first game and actually out-targets D-Hop. I believe it was like eight to six. I just didn't understand that, you know. It was a good matchup again. I just don't – I don't know. Um, but the offense, I mean, for the for a lot of points – Parts of that game, the offense looked pretty decent with the, the two together. Just sucks that they didn't get the win, but there's no just potential good thing outcomes for for those two and and with Kyler on that offense. So just come back next week with another prediction. So yeah, and then just just really quick on the Cardinals, like isn't this their like sixth home game or? Seventh home, six or seventh home games they've lost this seven, year. They, they've played seven home games. They're one and six. They're one and six at home. Yeah. Like what? Like what is? Why cannot? Why, why can't they win at home? Like that. That is, <laughs> that is crazy to me. How they have literally zero home field advantage. Zero home field advantage. We'll talk about them a little bit later on, but yeah, that that's that's bizarre. That offense. I don't know what's going on with them. It's you know Kyler Murray was back. Yes, he had a pretty good fantasy day, but real life, I mean, it's not not translating the wins. No, not translating the wins. So that's that's another thing they have to kind of think about. You know, moving forward. But uh, my bowl prediction, though, I had Jeff Wilson uh, to be a top four running back, and he didn't even come anywhere close. And he played against the worst run defense in the league. Man, only thirty nine yards rushing. That was. What a disappointment that was, and I put him in on, and and he's part of the reason why I didn't hit a lot of props because I had him, I had him tied up in a lot of prop parlays, and you know thinking he was just going to smash, just destroy the Texans, and he did just the opposite. Yeah, he scored a touchdown, but that was it. And I think he got hurt. I think in the third quarter, I mm-hmm. think Tyreek Hill dragged him off the field. I think, he, but he, but he did come back uh, later on, and I think it was a you know relatively minor injury, but even then, he wasn't really getting that much work or that you know that much or having that much success running the ball so it was just it was just brutal uh just 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 brutal yeah he was ass yeah but uh just leading you know we want to go ahead and, and switch to a positive note uh leading into our fantasy mvp of the week um this guy was not brutal um the, the defense that he was playing against was brutal but uh <laughs> josh jacobs just absolutely goes bonkers against the seahawks over 300 total yards, you know, 222 on the ground, 74 through the air, and two touchdowns, including a walk-off 86-yard house call. Man, like, and, th- and he did all this on a bad calf. He was questionable to play up until, up until basically inactives or, or actives yeah. or inactives were released. We weren't sure if he was going to play. So um, he did all this <laughs> on, on a bad calf, and I know they came out earlier this week and said he's not going to practice basically at all this week. <laughs> Um, but I think he's fully expected to play against the Chargers, who's another bad run defense. But yeah, Josh Jacobs earning himself a lot of money um, in the offseason. 
uh, for, for, you know, because he's a free agent. The Raiders did not pick up his fifth year option. So that's going to be an interesting conversation to have, whether or not they trick, they franchise him or they sign him to a long term deal. So that's going to be, uh, you know, a, a huge topic of uh, conversation. I know the, the, the Raiders are definitely like biting themselves in the foot of not getting some lockdown because the price of the brick went up a lot because yeah. he's basically having his best his best season ever. So good luck to that. Yeah. What, what, what's the saying? Tomorrow's price isn't yesterday's price or that I have that? whatever. No. I, I think I got the, the saying correct. But yeah, that's that's basically the sentiment here. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then switching gears, LVP, we got to talk about a, a player that continues to underperform, continues to not exceed expectations. Russell Wilson. It it might it might be going down so far. I mean, at least the, this is the way it's trending. It might be trending as one of the biggest fleece jobs in NFL history. <laughs> Before the season, we thought the Seahawks were out of their minds by trading a quarterback that's in his prime, early 30s, still has a lot of his career left. And Russell Wilson gets to Denver and just they're the lowest scoring team in the league. Um you know, he had another dud against the Panthers, only 142 yards passing. Uh, he scored less, and just, you know, for kickers here, he scored less than Jordan Love. <laughs> and Jordan Love didn't even play a quarter of football. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> Russell Wilson played 60 minutes, and Jordan Love didn't even did, play probably a fraction of that. And he's, yeah, it, it, it's it's just embarrassing. You lose to Sam Darnold, who's, who, who, who basically just, you know, dust. You know, co- it was collecting dust on the bench up until f- up until last week. But yeah, Russell Wilson, fancy LVP. Well, let's move on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so let's move on to some of the uh, you know some of the quick reactions just based on uh, you know what we saw from Week Twelve. Um, the first thing I want to talk about: we're going to stay on quarterbacks. We were anticipating this happening. Uh, Mike White cooked. Mike White for the Jets cooked over 300 yards and three touchdowns. I mean, that entire Jets offense looked more alive than they ever looked all season outside of the times that Brees Hall played. But this is the best their offense has looked all season long. And those receivers are happy. Elijah Moore was happy. Elijah Moore was, you know, after the game, was wearing shades and talking to the media, basically talking about his sexual relationship with the football. But, uh, you know. <laughs> You know, I, I, I told I told her I was going to be here, Bob. Whatever, the, whatever he was saying, but uh, it's good to see him smiling. Good to see him in the end zone. He caught two two passes for forty two yards, sixty two yards, and a touchdown. But Garrett Wilson was the was the standout receiver, uh, standout recipient for Mike White's passes. You know, over I think I think he had a hundred yards and t- a couple of touchdowns. He was balling, and he had he caught this pass over the middle where he just yep, broke burnt. broke yep. a defender. Yeah, sent him into the shadow realm and just <laughs> yeah, and, and then and then housed it to the end zone and housed it. For, it was like fifty five yards. Like man, that dude is a stud. That yeah. dude is a stud, man. But yeah, but Mike White, man, kudos to him. And he has a pretty another pretty good matchup this week against the Vikings. Who they have they have not been good. They just allowed Mac Jones to throw for three hundred eighty two yards um, on on Thursday night uh, Thanksgiving yeah. night. So and that was his best night of the season of the season. Yeah, and so. I mean, I, I I get it. You still got to do it. I know it was the Browns, deep, the Bears defense, who's basically been the worst defense since they made those two trades. We saw 
Eddie Jackson get hurt in the game, uh, in the middle of that game, it still didn't matter. They weren't stopping. Uh, they weren't stopping anything. So you still got to do it against these defenses. So salute to Mike Williams, uh, Mike White for for doing that. But I want to. I, I need to see him do it for multiple weeks before I uh, before I start like crowning this dude because we've even said. I mean, coaches already came out and said like, hey, at some point Zach Wilson's going to be back. Granted, yes, it makes sense since you spent second round, uh, second overall pick on him. But if you're if your quarterback is the reason why you're losing, then I'm not sure if I would have been just eager to go out on out to the media and just say something like we're going to put him back in at some point while you're in the middle of a trying to make the playoffs. Yeah. And just real quick, you made the point about crowning him. Nobody's actually crowning him. It's just it was just good to see the Jets offense actually humming. Yeah, um, because it was it was pretty obvious to anybody that's that has a trained eye that he, Zach Wilson was holding the Jets offense back. Yeah. Um, you know, I, obviously, you know, it, it makes sense to sit him down for for a little while until he can kind of get things, you know, get things on track. But me personally, I don't think Zach Wilson's very good. I thought he was I thought he was a, 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 a bad, a bad pick by the Jets. And it still puzzles me to this day how the Jets were just. So locked in on Zach Wilson from the very, very beginning of the Zach process, the the draft process, refusing to to look at any other quarterback prospects. Like it was, yeah. it was just puzzling to me. Um, you know, based on where he played, based on the competition that he faced. Um, but yeah, uh, that. So we'll we'll see how it all unfolds, though. We'll see how it all unfolds. But Mike White's off to a pretty good start. Yeah, he is. I uh, it, it was it was good to see that that Jets offense going, man. Is it, it was it was like four weeks overdue, even longer than that. Honestly, it was way overdue. They ain't blown games because of Zach Wilson. I'm just like, why? Like, why is he still here? But yeah, I get it. I get it. Um, the next person we want to talk about is Miles Ma- Sanders, man. I know this is somebody that you've been you're a big fan of, and you before the season talked about the positive regression that should be coming his way. And here we are, man. Like he's on his way to double digit touchdowns. He should be coming in close on a thousand yard season. Again, like positive regression mixed with AJ Brown being on your team, lightens boxes. And then watching the game this last week, incompetence of a defensive coordinator, like, like you said, calling nickel base nickel defense. And yeah. you're like getting gassed crazy. ten yards of carry. <laughs> yeah, you know, you you know, you you go to the sideline like the Packers defense. They would go to the sidelines like, man, we can't stop the run. Like, what's going on? And, blah, blah. <laughs> and then the defensive coordinator just keeps calling these base nickel packages, and <laughs> the Eagles are spreading you out, and they're gonna run up the middle. <laughs> That's like a, they, they kept doing yeah, that. Like, yeah, literally, we're spreading you out like figuratively and literally. So yeah, I think I think Miles Sanders averaged like almost six yards of carry in that game. Uh, it was. <laughs> And then you see, and then you would even couldn't even tell the difference between him and Kenley Gainwell or or Boston Scott because they were all gashing him. Jalen Hurst was gashing him too. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know, man. <laughs> they, and they had over three hundred yards rushing in that game. Yeah, I think it was like three fifty. Yeah, three hundred yards rushing. But you know, real quick on Miles Sanders, top five in the league in rushing yards. Um, you know, he's he has eight touchdowns, so he's easily going to clear double digit touchdowns. And that was, you know, that was the that was the thing about my bold prediction early uh, in, the, in earlier in the offseason was look, his regression's coming. He's still on, on, on a pretty good offense. He likes to run the ball a lot. He was super unlucky last year with touchdowns. Like there were games where they would rush for like four rushing touchdowns. He would he would lead the lead the um, the backfield in yards and carries, but have no touchdowns. Yep. And you know, you had Kenneth Gainwell getting TD. 
Boston Scott getting a TD, Jalen Hurts getting a TD, but Miles Sanders wouldn't. So Jordan Howard getting Jordan TDs. Howard, Jordan Howard <laughs> vulturing stuff. Like, so we just knew that wasn't going to last. And so that was, you know, that was, uh, that was, that was a rationale there. Um, no, but another makes sense. Yeah, but another running back who you know we we saw we saw this week actually have a pretty decent workload was Rashad White. Um, in in the absence of uh, Leonard Fournette, nine catches for forty three yards. Um, in in the passing game, and I think he had I think you know another forty or fifty on the ground. So his usage was pretty damn elite, pretty damn good. Um, the Bucks offense is still there's still something wrong with that Bucks offense. You know, I, obviously I mentioned from the outset. Brady and Evans couldn't connect on on those deep passes. And if they connected on a couple of those, they would have been in, in more scoring positions, and maybe Rashad White would have gotten into the end zone of, you know, once or twice. So, but it was good to see Rashad White, you know, get a lot of usage, and it seems like he's taken over that backfield. But we'll see if Leonard Fournette is healthy this week, and we'll see if he, you know if he's you know how he's how he's you know worked back you know worked back into that uh, backfield. But they that hip pointer. Fournette wasn't even able to practice last week. I don't think. Yeah. Or maybe, he, or he. I think he practiced. I think he limited. was limited. I think he was limited, but um, he wasn't able to really like just you know open open up his hips yeah. and, and run you know run you know truly full speed. So um, you know we'll we'll see if he's back this week against the Saints. It's the tough matchup for them. But if we see Rashad White getting a lot of usage out of the passing game, you know, almost double digit targets and nine catches. I mean, we 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 love to see that in PPR leagues. Yeah, man, that was uh, – I was surprised, honestly, just because, you know, you got Keyshawn Vaughn that can do it. I believe they activated Gio Bernard, but he didn't get used at all. So, they really like Rashad White. I mean, he had 90% of the snaps, 70% of rushing attempts. So, if he's out again, then – if Leonard's out again, then you know we're going to see basically like a almost a full workload for Rashad White, which is a beautiful thing to see for some fantasy owners. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right, let's talk about some quarterbacks, man. T. Law and Herbert, man. I see the coaches put drop their balls, man, and say, "Hey, go win us the game," and they both did it, man. They both definitely had great fourth quarters. If you watch either one of those games, uh, put their teams on their backs and and eventually won the game versus uh, some good teams. Uh, I know we saw T. Law versus the the Baltimore Ravens. They they goofed that game up. That game should have been oh, well, how, many time, how, many, <laughs> how many times? Way, how many times did we see the Ravens in the red zone and they came away with a field goal, not a touchdown, or drop balls that should have been caught for touchdowns? So, um, T. Law he he locked in on Zay Jones. Zay Jones was you would have thought he was like Justin Jefferson out there the way he was open. <laughs> Ten he, for one forty five, man. For bro, 145. bro. <laughs> Um, and then Justin Herbert, I mean, he had DeAndre Carter looking like an, like an all pro slot receiver, um, <laughs> yeah. uh, Austin Eckler again with, with a, a million catches out the backfield. They just found a way, man. They just found a way and they look good. I know T law the last three weeks, I believe he's thrown, I think seven or eight touchdowns, zero interceptions. So he's, um, he's starting to hit a stride. He's starting yeah. like, you know, sometimes, you know, it takes a little longer for some, for, for certain players to kind of get going, but I think now we can start definitively saying that, you know, Trevor Lawrence is starting to get going. Three, yeah. 300 yards, three touchdowns, I mean, and a come from, a come from behind with uh, victory. Signature win this early in his career. So it's, it was good to see, uh, you know, it's good to see Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, hopefully they can build on this for next year because they're not making the playoffs this year. So, yeah. And then we had some injuries come, you know, come out of week 12. Um, same team, uh, Jacksonville's uh, Travis Etienne. 
had a foot injury. He left pretty early. He only played, I think, eight snaps or eight percent of the snaps or something like something, some very, very small number. Yeah. And he left he left relatively early in that game. But they did say this week that he's gonna be I, I think he's potentially good to go uh for, for week tw- uh week thirteen. I don't know what um what what happened with practice this week or or, or today. If he practiced at all, did he practice? I don't, I don't know, but they just keep saying he he could have been he could have came. He could have been back in the game. game. Yeah, they say he should be good to go for for week thirteen, but we'll we'll keep an eye on on practice participation. We also we I mean we obviously talked about Josh Jacobs already. He he ain't practicing nothing this week. Nope. You can rest as long as you can, <laughs> so you can rip <laughs> up the Chargers. Is you know rip up the rip up the Chargers like they've been getting ripped up all season. Um, and then a lot. Uh, hell, James Conner looked like a uh, looked like twenty eighteen James Conner. Yep. <laughs> I think he was like so, twenty five for one twenty or something like that. Something yeah. just ridiculous. Yeah. And then we had Elijah Mitchell, another sprained MCL. Like it just seems like he just keeps spraining. He keeps taking turns spraining his MCL. Like it was the right MCL. Now it's the left. And now he's going to miss another six to eight weeks. And I think he's probably done for the season. Um, or if they, you know make the playoffs and he might be back during the playoffs. But yeah, that that that's unfortunate. Chris McCaffrey had some knee tightness or some knee, knee flare up or something like that. Or so that's that's another thing to keep an eye on. Um and then Aaron Rodgers in, in the Sunday night game hurt his oblique and he missed the game or missed the rest of that game. And he also is still nursing that broken broken thumb. And they said it's an avulsion fracture. Should have gotten surgery on it, but he's playing through it. Um and obviously he's not really the same, not really the same guy <laughs> as as he you know usually is. So that's another thing to keep an eye on. He didn't hit it. He didn't practice today. So that, I think I saw that he didn't practice today. Mm-hmm. Um, Najee Harris has an is a, has an abdomen injury. He left early. It but reports came out and said that he escaped a serious injury. So for whatever that's worth, Jalen Warren. Um, Anthony McFarland, some of those guys can can hopefully fill in um, um, admirably. I've, and obviously, in, uh, we did talk about CMC already, but Darnell Mooney on that, you know, hurt his ankle out for the season, placed on IR, and more and more complaints arise from that turf um, in mm-hmm. MetLife Stadium that <laughs> they just need to change that thing to grass or artificial grass or whatever the case is because turf fields, man, they are just they are just taking body parts with them <laughs> every single week um it, it's 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 an unfortunate set of circumstances but yeah it's a br- pretty pretty brutal week for injuries um not as bad as other weeks that we've seen i know early in the season we we had like a laundry list of injuries but yeah uh, this this week seems pretty tame compared to some of those other weeks but yeah, yeah. those are some of the injuries coming coming out of week 12. all right man so Let's go ahead and get to the, the next segment of the show, the favorite segment of the show, cap or no cap. At this point, y'all should know what the difference of cap cap means, cap or no cap means. So basically, if I say the Cowboys lost this week on Thanksgiving Thursday, I would say. That is such cap. Such <laughs> cap. <laughs> we smashed the Giants. All right. So let's get to it. The first question, our first statement is we know – uh, Deshaun Watson's back, man. He, week 13. And of course, the NFL set it up where he gets to go go back to his previous home and play against the, the Houston Texans. <laughs> no better no better way for the, the NFL to, to get ratings up for a random game 
than to you know bring back the 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 predator back to his his habitat, which was Bro, Texas. Wow. <laughs> We're not even gonna do that. We're not yeah. even gonna go there, sir. You're right. You're right. You're right. Hey, but, but imagine if the Texans were good. I mean, this is probably a a multiverse <laughs> kind of kind of thought. But what, what if, if what if they were actually good and they would have flexed it to Sunday Night Football? That would have been that would have been a sight to behold. Yeah, yeah, that would have been super spicy. Twenty plus million people tuning in to watch Deshaun Watson go back to his old stomping grounds. Yeah. All right. So what I have for you is that I'm starting Deshaun Watson this week over every quarterback not named Hertz, Herbert, Burrow, Patty Mahomes, Justin Fields of Healthy, and Lamar Jackson. Cap or no cap? Uh <sighs> mm. I'm going to say Cap, man. I can't start him right now. I can't start him. <laughs> I can't because you have to remember, he hasn't played a game since January 2021, right? Facts. So it's been a long time. And when he played in the preseason this past year, uh, the, the, this August, he didn't look very good. He did not look very no. good in the preseason. He mm-hmm. was misfiring. He you know, was out of sync with his receivers. So he didn't look very good when we saw him. So I think we, we'll probably need to give him a couple of weeks before I actually deploy him in any lineups. I mean, he's good. To, he's good to have. It's like a a guy that, you know, with the upside that he possesses, especially that rushing upside, and he can make some pretty damn good throws. But I'm not starting him this week. I know what it's about, expectations. Yeah. Yeah. What about some of those owners that, you know, that drafted him towards the end of their draft and they sat him on their bench this entire time and then probably been streaming, maybe been streaming QB position, maybe not. But regardless, they're seeing – they see the Texans and they you know the Texans are that are that get right team, man. You know, when when you're feeling low and you got the Texans on the schedule to you know bring you back to where you think you are, it's here. Some of these owners are gonna be feeling inclined, like, hey, I don't have one of these quarterbacks I named. I might as well start Deshaun. What else? I mean, I uh, I mean if you're if you're desperate, I mean if you have if you if you had like a Kyler Murray guy, but even then, like I wouldn't even I wouldn't even prioritize. I don't know. I I wouldn't prioritize Watson. I mean, I'm, if there's other streaming stre- streamers available, like I would I would I would start Trevor Lawrence over Deshaun Watson this week because he has he's okay. playing against the Lions and Trevor Lawrence. We've seen him in in game action this year be really really good um, in spurts. Um, but again, you know, we're we're holding on to the idea of what Deshaun Watson was. Yep, and I think that's kind of dangerous. Or it's rolling the dice, putting him immediately putting him into your lineup, you know, because you know conventional wisdom would tell you, oh yeah, he's going to go back to Houston and he's going to put on a show. He's going to throw for three hundred yards and three touchdowns and rush for another. But that's probably not that's probably not reality. That's probably not reality. So the way to attack the Texans and the way they've been attacked all year is through the ground with Nick Chubb and yep. a little bit of Kareem Hunt, and I think we're going to see a lot more of that. Because they're going to ease Deshaun Watson in to get him to, you know, getting him some game action for the first time in almost two years. Yeah, I definitely agree with you here. I believe that's cap. If I'm one of these owners that have Deshaun Watson been sitting on him, or maybe you picked him up a couple of weeks ago, I'm not, I'm not starting him the first game back because all maybe, I think maybe about- Superflex. You can probably start him in Superflex. Yeah, Superflex. Yeah, in yeah. one quarterback leagues, there's other options, better options. Yeah. I think this week uh, than, than than Watson. At yeah, if you're, yeah, if your second quarterback has been shitty all year, super flex, and somehow you made it to this point, then yeah, I can understand it. But one quarterback leaves, I'm not, 
I'm not even doing that, man. I'm playing someone that's been here all year. Because all I think about Deshaun Watson is how he played those those preseason games, and he looked like shit. So, <laughs> and we saw that one preseason together, that one game. Well, I can't remember who they were playing, but Jackson just looked like shit. Yeah, Jacksonville, yeah. just throwing dirt balls or balls into the stands. I was like, bro, I'm not – yeah, I can't do this, man. It's, it's almost that Josh Gordon syndrome where we saw Josh Gordon ball out, I think, 2012 season when he had, like, all those eight different quarterbacks and he still put up an all-pearl season. And ever since then, we've been holding on to that in terms of, like, oh, he's back. I'm going to put him in my line. I'm going to hold him. He's going to go back to that one season where I saw him do all this damage. I, I just don't want to fall into that. I, I need to see it before I can I can put someone like that in my lineup. Yep. All right. Second comment for you or statement is Bam Knight is startable if Michael Carter is out, cap or no cap. Uh, I mean, I think he's pretty I think he's startable. I think he is. I mean, at this point in the season, I mean, this is you know, we 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 touched on this many, many weeks ago, or a couple weeks ago. This is the time where you start spending fab, and hopefully you 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 spend some fab on on Bam Knight um, because he he got a he got a pretty good opportunity share. Uh, he played forty nine percent of the snaps when Michael Carter went down, basically doubling up Ty Johnson. So he's going to be the guy in that backfield to get to get touches, and you know he, they also have a favorable running back schedule down the stretch uh, if Michael Carter misses more time than just one game. So I think. I think for as long as Michael Carter is out, I think Bam Knight is not a bad start. No. Yeah, I, th- yeah, I think I have to slightly agree here. I believe this is this is no cap. Again, uh, like you were saying, he did take the majority of the the, the rushing load uh, when when Michael Carter went out. So you know he's going to get the first, second down carries, and you know he's going to get goal line work. But you know Ty Johnson is going to get the valuable touches, which is the third down and and uh, any receiving type of downs. But Bam Knight also got work in that area also. He had three, I think, three targets in that game also. So I, I think I can be comfortable in starting him this week if if you're definitely in need. So Yeah. So, all right. So on to our next segment, Talk To Me Nice. Uh, we're going to just highlight, a, a you know, just a handful of matchups uh, that we want to attack. Basically, barbecue chicken alert. Um, and these two, and these first two, Pretty much go without saying. We already mentioned it. Nick Chubb versus the Texans. Auto, you know, auto smash. Take the overs on Nick Chubb. Texans allow the most, you know, rush yards per game. Most fantasy points per game. No brainer. And then the next one, Josh Jacobs versus the Chargers. Chargers just got just made James Conner find the fountain of youth overnight. <laughs> so um, again, you don't need us to tell you to start them, but if you're going to bet them, bet the overs on their props. And maybe bet multiple rushing, multiple rushing touchdowns as well, because I think this is this is one of these are these these are the games where they can score multiple times. Some other matchups we want to t- you know, touch on really quick: Trevor Lawrence versus the Detroit Lions. Uh, we touched we touched on how you know how well Trevor Lawrence has played lately, um, but you know he's going against a defense that's nineteenth in pass DVOA, so they're 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 not great, um, and they give up the most fantasy points per game uh, to quarterbacks. At twenty four point four, and they're the they give up the fifth most passing yards at two hundred seventy one. Um, but and also another caveat is they give up the most rushing yards um, per game to quarterbacks. So the Lions' events, while they've looked a little bit more serviceable and a little bit decent over the last couple of weeks, they're still bad. Overall, they're still bad. They're still ranking near the bottom in a lot of 
you know, a lot of efficiency metrics um, on the defensive side of the ball. So I think this is a pretty good matchup for Trevor Lawrence. So if he's on your waiver wire, I, I would he would be a, a, a very viable streamer um, option for you this week. Yeah, I do. I do agree with that. And just to keep in mind that Jags and Lions game is a 51 and a half over under. So expecting a lot of points on both sides, even on the Lions side, I'm 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 taking St. Brown. You're going to take Jamal Williams. I guess you could sprinkle in some Swift if you if you feel a little spicy and playing him. Um, you know, you could just play everybody. You could play Zay Jones, Christian Kirk. Travis Etienne, like I just expect a lot of points on both sides of the ball, especially when you're playing the Lions. There, there tends to be a lot of points scored um, when you play Detroit at home. So definitely both sides of the ball. Definitely love the Trevor Lawrence play here. The second matchup that we want to talk to. Really quick, we, really, yeah, really go quick. Going back to DeAndre Swift versus the Jags. The last time he played the Jags was his rookie year in 2020. Okay. 14 carries, 116 yards, and two touchdowns. Hmm. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Uh, just a little something to keep in mind. I know DeAndre Swift has not been on the field as much lately since, you know, he had the shoulder injury and, yeah, and the ankle injury and Jamal Williams. While he hasn't been on the field a ton either, he's getting all the work uh, on the ground, all the rushing touchdowns. So that that could be another good game uh, for for this backfield um, as a whole. So I see at least I, honestly, I, I feel like both of them are going to get in the end zone this week. So that's just it's not a bold prediction. I think that kind of goes without saying, but it could be bold depending on who you ask. But just keep that in mind as well. DeAndre Swift last played the Jags in 2020, over 100 yards and a multiple touch, multiple uh, multiple rushing touchdowns. Just yeah, I know that. I know the Jags have been pretty good stopping the run. I think they're top 10 in terms of yards per game, but they, I think they're top 10 in terms of fantasy points given up. So uh, I know I know the Lions like using Swift in the receiving game, so that could be a, the play to where you can exploit uh, for, for Swift owners. All right, so the second play that we want to talk about is the Philly offense. So Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, and, and, and D. Smitty versus the Titans. The Titans defense, man, this pass defense gives up the cheeks to everything. So they have allowed the second most pass yards per game. That's at 286, almost 300 yards a game to the quarterbacks in terms of throwing yards, giving up the seventh most fantasy points per game to quarterbacks at basically 20 points per. They have allowed the second most fantasy points to wide receivers at basically 40 points per game. And we already know how condensed that offense is in terms of passing. So giddy up A.J. Brown and D. Smitty. They have allowed the fifth most receiving yards to wide receivers at 184 yards. They have allowed the most fantasy points to wide receivers that line up on the outside at 19.1. So and on top of that, they have A.J. Brown per PFF. They have him listed as the best wide receiver cornerback matchup. And then D. Smitty is the seventh best matchup per PFF. AJ, so obviously it's a it's a revenge game for AJ Brown. Yeah, he's going to destroy Christian Fulton on the outside. Bro, like he's going to he's going to baptize that young man. Like <coughs> what we're gonna what we're gonna see on national television, uh, assuming this game is nationally televised in some capacity, um, it, it's it's not going to be pretty. My advice to any like children out there: don't watch. 
<laughs> because it's going to be ugly. It's going to get very, very nasty out there. It's going to get very nasty out there. So my advice to for children, don't watch. Don't watch. <laughs> um, you know, also, then, you know, talk about on the Titan side here. Uh, can Tannehill get the ball to Burks? We've seen Traylon Burks just emerge from the depths after his injury. He's, he's basically at this point a weekly starter in your fantasy lineups. Yeah. Uh, at, the very, at the very worst, a flex spot. A flex yeah. Spot. The last three weeks, we've seen him over 25% targets per route run. He has a 2.66 yards per route run during the same three-week three span. He has almost a 30% air yard share, and all these number metrics lead his team in, within the last three weeks. So Philly's – I mean, not Philly. The Titans are definitely looking towards him and being that guy, the A.J. Brown, they they look to replace. It's just uh, how is he going to – is Tannehill going to be able to get him the ball is going to be the main question because this Titans offense isn't really – one to like be smitten over. We know Philly's defense is supposed to be good. They haven't really been that good this last few weeks, especially especially on the ground. So Derrick I mean, Henry. we could see, yeah, we could see a lot of Derrick Henry in this game if Philly is just negligent on on stopping the run. And just and just real quick on that running game, um, Jordan Davis was just activated from IR, so I think that opened the practice window. Or if he's activated yeah. and going to play. It opens the practice window for okay. them to activate him. So we'll see. So, yeah. So assuming that he doesn't play this week, I, Derek Henry is probably going to smash because, you know, AJ Dillon smashed against the the Eagles last week. And yeah. we know how terrible AJ Dillon's been all year, except for week one. So, uh, that, <laughs> so, 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 so do whatever you want with that information. <laughs> do what you please with that information. All right. So real sorry. quick, just to talk about the AJ Brown matchup in D Smitty. Their second corner, Elijah Molden, did not practice today. And I believe – I can't remember if Fulton is out or not, but I know Fairley's out on IR, so that's another corner that's missing. And I think Lonnie Johnson, who is another corner, that's that's going to be out too. So they could be putting out some grocery workers as corners out there this week. So Yeah, and I know that going into the game last week, Christian Fulton was nursing a hamstring injury, and he – Mm-hmm. gutted it out and still got torched by T Higgins. And so <laughs> he gets AJ Brown this week if he decides to gut it out again. Yeah. Good luck. Good luck. <laughs> All right. So next we're going to touch on the Thursday night game, Bills versus Patriots. Bills are three and a half point road favorites. The over-under is 43 and a half. Uh, the first thing we want to talk about is Josh Allen, his success that he's had against the Patriots over the last two games. Uh, 42, fa- 42 fantasy points. I'm in the wild card in 34.1 in week 16 of 2021. So currently he owns the Patriots, and I don't see that slowing up. I don't I don't really see anything that could really hinder him uh, from having more success. Josh, uh, you know, obviously Stephon Diggs is the number one guy there. You know, Gabriel Davis. We saw Isaiah McKenzie have a season high, I think over 100 yards, and scored a touchdown last week against the Lions. Um, so it's basically business as usual for Josh Allen. Yeah. I remember week 16 game. Remember we saw McKenzie go like 11 for like 120, something stupid versus the Patriots. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I mean, that's in the, in, in the, in the deck of cards to happen again this week. And didn't the bills resign, uh, John Brown. They signed the practice squad. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if he's going to be activated, um, to, to the game day raw, to the active roster. 
Okay. So, uh, a little saucy. Yeah. But I know one thing to also keep in mind that Stephon Diggs hasn't really had a good history versus the Patriots. They usually just flat out just double them. I'm not sure what they're going to do here. I know the corners are not as good as they were last year. So it'll be interesting to see how, how they handle him this week, uh, this coming week. Um, but on the, the Patriots side, I mean, we did see Mac Jones finally look good versus the Vikings. I know the Bills secondary isn't that good because of all their injuries that they've been handling with. So it'll be interesting to see how, how what they what they try to do to attack this defense to try to make this game competitive because it could potentially get ugly really quick if if, if the if the Patriots offense can't can't do anything against the Bills defense. But I do know they're going to be missing Von Miller probably this week. So yeah, and just kind of circling back to the Bills offense. Um, we're going to probably see a lot, a lot of Josh Allen again because the Patriots that they've been just smashing, smashing running backs yeah. all season long. They're basically the toughest matchup, um, yep. uh, you know, versus opposing running backs in PPR leagues. They're only giving up just shy of 16 points a game um, to opposing running backs. And so they're, they're just, they're just shutting. I mean, Dalvin Cook had 22 carries for 42 yards on, you know, on Thanksgiving night against the Patriots uh, run defense. And so um, obviously we, we weren't really too high on Devin Singletary or James Cook or whoever other run, running back they deploy going into this game. It's all about Allen and the receivers and seeing if they can create separation and and see if Josh Allen can continue smashing the Patriots. Yep. If all else fails, then he'll run. I think the last two games that he's played and he's ran for 66 and 64 yards. So, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> all right. So let's go ahead and touch on some of these some of these Sunday or Monday games that that uh, we deem as important in terms of your fantasy fantasy outlooks. Uh, just to be real quick, the Cardinals and Panthers are the only teams on bye. Just be ready for week 14. There's going to be a lot of teams on bye week 14 with important players. So just keep that in mind for next week. Of course, week. Of course the last by apocalypse. Yeah. <laughs> the last is the, is the last game of the regular, of the fantasy regular season. So if you got, if you drafted a guy in week 14, man. And, and you actually need him to perform for you, and you're trying to fight for a playoff spot. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Hey, but but one but one thing that people don't really really uh, really think of too much is if you drafted a guy and like and that's that's a that has a week 14 buy. I think now is the time to trade him away. See if somebody will bite. Yep, it's very so true. So you, so you don't have to eat that bye week, and you can get like a, a comparable player to put in your, put in your lineup. So if you're fighting for a playoff spot. Uh, you can have that guy through you know, weeks twelve through or weeks thirteen and week fourteen um, yep. to to maximize your 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 playoff push. Yep, that's a that's a definitely a good thing. I, I, I once we get out from here, I'm definitely need to go be looking at. Better, better start sending out those offers. <laughs> yeah, send out some offers, man. You might have to add a little add a little sweetener on top of it just in case, so they yeah. won't even look twice about it. All right, so the first game we want to talk about. This is a game that I'm definitely excited to see is the uh, Dolphins versus 49ers. 46 and a half over under. My question is who's going to be the guy for the 49ers? They got a lot of a lot of potential answers and the 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 guy that has to distribute the ball Jimmy Garoppolo is somebody that you know you tend not to trust at times because he tends to nut up when when the lights are brighter. So who's he going to who's going to be the guy cuz the Dolphins have given up the third most fantasy points to the quarterback position. So if he decides to play well then I mean, if the 49ers are going to win, it's going to be depending on him to play well. So I want to know who's going to be the guy. Who's he going to throw? Who, who's going to who's going to be eating? Because on top of that, on top of this, 
Miami does give up the cheeks to the tight end position. So Kittle can be a guy that could potentially could be, be the George one they explore. This could yeah. be another George Kittle explosion game. I think uh, I think we're long overdue for one of those. We haven't had one of those, you know, 150-yard, two-touchdown games yet from George Kittle. And I just feel like it's been percolating for weeks. At some <laughs> point, at some point, we got to get it. We got to – he's got to give – He's got to give us at least one or two of those games before the end of the season. He always does. This is kind of the time where he does it, right? I yeah. Think this, I think this time last year he gave us that Seattle game where he, you know, he had that that long forty-eight yard touchdown where he tiptoed down the sideline. Yep. I think he had back-to-back games of over one hundred fifty plus yards. Yep. It was it was Seattle week thirteen and and Cincinnati week fourteen. Yeah. He he. So I, I think this is the week that we get an, a George Kittle explosion game. I, I just feel it. I just feel it. It's going to happen. I'm manifesting it now, and I'm going to go put some money on it. <laughs> okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to join not? you on that. I'm going to join you on that endeavor. <laughs> because why not? And that might yeah. be one of my prize picks plays. George Kittle over in, over in yards. That might be one of my prize picks plays. I might spoil one of my prize picks plays right now. <laughs> and on the other side, we got the Dolphins. I mean, without even saying Tyreek, Waddle. 49ers are going to have to find a way to stop them because the 49ers secondary really isn't that good. They're going to be really dependent on that pass rush to, you know, to stop them from getting abused by those two guys. Did yeah. you wait? Did you see? Uh, so, <laughs> so Mostert, I think he was on Twitter on Sunday after their game. He was talking about how he was excited for next week of some sort, saying that he was alluding to that they were going to be able to run against them and. Of course, Debo said something, and then I saw my brother. He 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 came out and said something about who's gonna who's gonna run on us. Uh oh. So so boy, the boys are talking. Uh <laughs> oh. <laughs> we 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 go we gonna, we got some spice on our hands. We got some spice on our hands. We do. So yeah, but but Tua, he's been he's been basically the most efficient quarterback in the league. Like if you if you look at adjusted, you know, EPA per play, he's number one. The EPA. CPOE composite, he's number one, um, and that's C- completion percentage over expectation. So, so Tua has been very efficient with those, you know, speed merchants at wide receiver, Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill. If you're throwing to those guys, you're 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 going to be pretty successful. Yeah, but he's, I mean, but he's but he's been balling this year, man. Like he's he's the, he's he's dishing the ball out to everybody. Hell, you're giving you're getting um you know Trent Sherfield some some catches. Hell, I saw I even had a. We even we have, we even had a Cedric Wilson signing uh, signing I know. next week, <laughs> right? After they paid him all that money, he yeah. even got Craycraft, Craycraft, River oh, Smite. Can't forget about River Craycraft and Durham Smite. Can't forget about them. <laughs> no, can't forget about them. But before yeah. we get on to the next game, just a real quick, just to emphasize a point on on Tua. Tua, he also Miami has the the number one pass DVOA in the league and overall number two. So. Offense DVOA. I'm just saying, but I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the next game we want to touch on it's a it's a rematch from the AFC Championship game, and it's a rematch from you know late late season weeks. I think week 16 or week 17. Week 17. Yeah. Uh, 2021 17. season. Chiefs at Bengals. We got a 52 point 52 and a half uh, point over under. Uh, Jamar Chase is he on? Is he is he gonna be, is he gonna play? Is he gonna finally be active this week? And if he is active, how much does he play? You know, are they going to ease him in? Are they going to just? Are, is he going to get a, a dominant snap share, dominant target share? Um, because Kansas City, they've allowed the seventh multiple reception yards to wide receivers per game and fantasy points at thirty-eight. 
So uh, they're vulnerable in that secondary. And if Jamar Chase is active, um, he's 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 going to get opportunities to show <laughs> to, to show some things again. Yeah, I'm I'm interested to see if they're going to just you know ease him in and you know uh, lean on on T Higgins. We've seen T Higgins you know do do major work since since Chase has been out. Man, he looks like a a true number one, which has always been the fight this whole season between. You know, a bunch of people, you, me, people in our, our home fantasy league in terms of who's the number one when really they're both number ones. I mean, when yeah. one is out, you see the other one ball. You see both of them ball when they're together. So uh, yeah. this just only highlights his his ability. So, I mean, we'll see. I know last year when we saw Jamar Chase play, play the Chiefs, we saw him go for a 50-burger. So, the, only, the only 50 burger on the season for, of any of any player, or, or sorry, of any wide receiver. The only 50 burger, and yeah. that happened on Championship Sunday. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and at my expense in one Championship League Championship <laughs> game. So we're we're not going to rehash that. We're not going to. <laughs> but real quick on the Chiefs side, I think the, the one thing that we want to ask the Chiefs: they signed Melvin Gordon. Does this matter? Okay. No. Nope. So, so nope. we hope to, we hope to go live one day. Gene is shaking the shit out of his head. No. <laughs> no. It, it is an absolute no. Yeah. I, I. I. Okay. I just wanted to make sure that I'm. We're we're aligned there because I don't think it matters either. I don't think it matters no. either. I don't think it really affects Pacheco, who's looked really good, you know, as of late. Hell, we did see Ronald Jones get some carries, but I think he's going to revert back to the practice squad or wherever he was on the bench with splinters <laughs> in his ass. Yeah. When Gordon, uh, you know, they want another veteran guy to kind of carry some, you know, to get some carries. And I think, you know, Melvin Gordon, I think he'll get some playing time, but I don't know. I don't know what he's going to do with any of that playing time. Another veteran fumbler. Okay. Yeah. And he gets to play the Broncos in week 14. So he's, he's like a, he's like a, like a AFC West toss now. Yeah. This is his third, <laughs> this is his third this is team the- in the AFC West. So now, you know, you, you know, once he's done with Kansas City, he'll find a way to sign with the Raiders at some point. I know, man. Um, so, and he he wants to play his former team again and do all this other stuff. So we're gonna we're gonna see him play against the Broncos, and we're gonna probably see him score a touchdown. Um, and then we're gonna, I don't know, it's gonna be an emotional game for him, and based on how things were and whatever the case is. So, but again, I, we we say all this to say his signing doesn't really matter to us. Nope. It doesn't really matter for fantasy. He's just a he's just the name at this point. I'm um, in his career. He fumbles too much to even be you know because once he fumbles, he's probably going to get benched the rest of the game. There's some, yeah. something along those lines. So, all right. So the last game we do want to just briefly touch on is a division game on Monday Night Football. The Buccaneers hosting the Saints. A very very low forty and a half point over under. Um, Tom Brady. At home versus the Saints in his career as a Buccaneer, has thrown zero touchdown passes in two games and five interceptions. And in those games, scored three points, scored zero points. So, I you know, for whatever for whatever reason, the Saints seemingly have his number. Um, and on, on top of that. Marshawn Lattimore might be active in this game. Really? Might be. Uh, might be. So he's been he's been holding out all for this moment. Might be. And you know, obviously the last time we saw saw Mike Evans 
uh, and Marshawn Lattimore in the same game, fisticuffs, a lot of fisticuffs. <laughs> so we're going to see round two again, hopefully, you know, maybe. And that does not bode well for Mike Evans, does not bode well for Tom Brady. It just seems like that Saints defense just has something over Tom Brady every time they play them in Tampa. And so, but that's pretty much the only thing that, I mean, I know Alvin Kamara has an injury and we'll see what his, his practice participation looks like. But, and, you know, Chris Olave is, is looked really, really good as a rookie uh, wide receiver for the Saints. But, I mean, we don't really, there's really nothing else from this game to really talk about. I mean, we, we really we, isn't. We man. touched on Rashad White and Leonard Fournette earlier. But, um, you know, Chris Godwin's looked really good. You know, he had <laughs> double-digit targets, over 11 catches, 120-plus yards, and a touchdown last week against the Browns. And so we'll probably look for that to continue from a target share perspective. But, yeah, I mean, that's that's basically it for this game. Yeah, is you, you're going to play your studs here, but you're going to be very you, – you're going to be sweating because I don't think you're going to be – you shouldn't be expecting much – just based on history and based on these defenses, these defenses tend to play well against each other. They've been middle of the road or pretty good versus the run and pass. So if you, if you can find some different options for for somebody, I, I mean, I don't want to just – I don't want to advise you not to play like your Camaras or your Evans, but especially with Lattimore's playing, I don't don't expect him to do anything. I'm telling you that now, and especially with that Bucks, uh offensive line not being healthy. Yeah. At all, yeah, I, yeah, man. I, you might want to look to other options, honestly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just just to be real about it. Yeah, that makes sense, man. All right, so that is the end of the show. Um, we appreciate y'all listening, tapping in with us. Again, what I need y'all to do is please go to Destination Devi Radio on Spotify, Google, or whatnot. You'll find all our podcasts. You'll find ours that drop that drops Thursday morning. You know, hit the follow button if you haven't. Rate us five stars if you're on Apple. You know, share with your friends, comment below, post on Twitter, whatever the case may be. But yeah, no, uh, I echo uh, every everything Gene said. I echo that shit. That's that's the value add right there for me. <laughs> <laughs> take, the right, overs, uh, take the overs on Josh Jacobs. <laughs> take the overs on Nick Chubb. Yes. On that note, like I said last week, let's get nasty on that waiver wire for these last two weeks to make that playoff push. Let's get these W's. Let's get ready for the playoffs. Y'all be safe. Peace.